You know, there are people who would call me anti-black because I don't push a black liberal agenda. Oh no, but check me out. I'm gonna tell you what black is to me. Speaking as a man who's been black for 36 years. Feel me? What is black? It's that beautiful reflection that I see in the mirror. It's that feeling that God is getting nearer. All noise is gone. Yes, Lord, I clearly hear you. What is black? This carbonated, melanated substance that moonlights as my skin. That allows me to see the world through an alternative lens. Feel me? What is black? Is the knowledge that we were the first to roam Earth. We called it home first. This colonial imposed division ain't gonna work. Nah. What is black? It's me holding myself to the highest standard. Keep my pants up, stand up. Even in traumatic circumstances that make me put my hands up. What is black? Yeah, we experience weariness from the killing that got us delirious. But don't forget, we're responsible for the pyramids. We rule Ethiopia. We destroy Mali's economy. We're the inspirations for these superheroes. I gotta see to expose the God in me. What is black? It's me giving you your roses quick. Looking at you as my bro insists. See my glowing fist? Do you see it? What is black? Something that I'm proud to be. America born, African, I'm bound to speak. Take all plantation moves from my mind. Make selling out of crime. Now let me sit in my blackness and shine. I say. I say. I say. Listen. I picture snapping, taking places. I recite this. I rhyme quick, it gets me excited. I'm arriving, brain is chiming. How I'm doing mentally, what a century since the massacre. White supremacists say ain't no one coming after ya. My liberation mindset has begun. If anything, I'm in chapter one. Not destroyed by what those bastards done. On Channel Africa, trying to replicate. I'm feeling a super blessed day. I speak freely. Not say what the rest is say. Are we really making moves or are we pretending? We despise the farmers or depending on their descendants. Expect an invitation to the table, but sell for the kitchen. How's that winning? I know folks who own property and push waters. You can't kill a revolutionary mind in the midst of the slaughter. For Greenwood and Micaiah Bryant, dang. Protect the sons and the daughters and be a different nation. If we do so, integration, focus on liberation. I dismiss the hatred, just hourly thinking love empowerment. I hear the words of my ancestors and devour it. I say, my people, I say. One, two, three, four, I'm testing. I need you to pray for me. I need you to care for me. I need you to want me to win. I need to know where I'm headed because I know where I've been. The book is really about fear right. and overcoming fear, isn't right. it? And uh, I just keep thinking fear can be quite good. You know, I don't, I don't want to stop. My, I don't want to stop myself doing silly things. You can have a slight paranoia that helps you be aware of situations. And even in the 48 Laws of Power that Robert wrote, there's some things in there that you might feel like are evil. But you need to be aware of them because someone else's intentions might be very well what that law of power is. You know, so like when, when I got a chance to talk to him, we even brought it down to the perspective of a person that's in a, a staff meeting that won't, is watching someone else raise their hand to answer a question that they know the answer to. And that means that person deserves to be ahead of you in life because your fear of being wrong at that point is not allowing you to create your value in the workspace. 
The book is really based and recounts your experiences of hustling and selling drugs in Southside Queens. Uh, and you can draw lessons for business in the staff room from that really completely different world. The, the boss in the neighborhood doesn't see killing someone as, it doesn't rule killing someone out as an option to expand business. When uh, in corporate America, I've interacted with people that absolutely have intentions of killing the competition in a different way. It's just not literally killing right. us, it's, yeah. Have you overcome fear? I mean, you were famously, you were shot nine times in the year 2000. In terms of dealing with fear, I suppose you're not scared of anything after that. Well, when you're in life-threatening situations, it makes you a little more conscious of death. You know, and the more that you are aware of your fate, the higher the probability you have a chance to live. So you're a little more free. Like, I, I go into what Robert kind of identified as the core of my power is me being in business situations and being the person with the least fear at the table. And that's because I weigh these things up against my biggest losses in my life. So, like, the loss of my mom is the biggest thing that I've experienced. So, Walking into a room, even at the worst possible uh, scenario, it won't damage me to the point or hurt as much as that hurt it. So I'll go in there in a secure space, able to speak and ask the questions. And I'd rather be, feel like I'm unaware for the moment within that, those quarters than to feel like I'm unaware in a losing situation. I mean, the book does describe some fairly nasty incidents. I mean, just in the chapter about the Hustler King, uh, you slash the face of a rival's um, assistant who's out to hurt you. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking back on all of that, I mean, how do you sort of feel? Because you've just moved so far away from that now. Yeah, it, it, I did. But, you know, like, I think the things you go through make you who you are. So I don't regret those things. I don't regret them because I don't think I'd be who I am today if I wasn't exposed to those situations. If you ask me what I, uh, those are unfortunate situations that I've had to experience. And if I had a choice, I would have definitely went in a different direction. I might have went, wanted to go to school for business instead of having to go through that, this portion of my it life. But, tough lesson, yeah. Yeah, but under those circumstances, when, when you're in an environment where you meet aggression with aggression or you're deemed weak, and the weak becomes the prey, you had to kind of back people off of you at a different point. And it really felt like that in, in that... Literally. In they, yeah. yeah. And when you're willing to go as far as further than the other guy, you, you always prevail. You always end up on top. It's like the kid in the schoolyard that doesn't want to fight always leads to the black eye because as soon as the other kid identifies he doesn't want to fight, he hits him. But this is back to the this is back to the negative view of human beings. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I never wanted to fight, but kids, actually, I did get hit at school a little yeah, bit, but like not very much. But no, when they very... say no, I don't like, I don't, I really don't want to do this. Pop, that's when you get hit. You just gave the other the other guy enough confidence to hit you at that point, especially when there's a bunch of kids behind him jumping up and down saying, "Whoop them." You know, like those experiences from when I was really small, I identify with that. So I ain't never been in the space or those situations where even if I didn't want to fight, I didn't show them. And then let's talk about the world of rap, which is a bizarre world, obviously, hip-hop. Um, I have to ask you, why you have all these beefs with people? You just get into, get into arguments with people all the time, feuds. What's I going on? These, the competitive nature of hip-hop has always been one of the driving forces, one of the elements in the art form that keeps it thriving. The youthful uh, audience that's attracted to it has a low attention span. So it's always out with the old and with the new, as far as they're concerned. So the guy that, that comes into hip-hop music, you know, while we continuously use metaphors for things, I'll use the metaphor of a fighter. Fighter going to the actual gym, day two, his coach is calling him champ. Because he weighs 154 pounds, he's watching Floyd Mayweather fight saying, I'm gonna beat Floyd Mayweather one day, or I'll be as good as Floyd Mayweather. 
when he doesn't even know how to fight at that point. He just begins his training. You know, and rappers psychologically are like fighters where they condition themselves to believe they're as good as the guy that is in position at that point. So I'm constantly challenged. They come prematurely and I damage their careers because when you compete with an artist that has a higher consistency than you, they match you up against that artist, the public, and then you just dwindle away. But I'm in more fused than the average artist because I'm more vocal. I generate more interest. And I'm obviously in a, a space with that they'd actually like to be in. See, when the director yells cut, none of my things go away. The big house is still there, the nice cars are there, the attractive women are there. When he yells cut to them, everything goes away. They write the life that they aspire to have, and I'm writing the struggle. Welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most. Keep it 100 from coast to coast. Do God I boast? ADQ. It is Monday, November the 15th, 2021. Yeah, Monday, November the 15th, 2021. Um, I have decided that since we all are negative, beyond negative, negative on Mondays... I'm going to start checking in on y'all on Mondays and saying, how was your Monday? All right, so let me say how my Monday was. My Monday was interesting. Number one, I got my hair done. Y'all like this? Yeah, I got this done this morning. Um, Let's see. I had um, a very interesting thing. For those of y'all who don't know, I'm a TA. I'm a teacher assistant. Um, I had a student look at me and you know, he was in a really bad mood of him and he told me and showed me why he was in a bad mood. So, wow. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We connected. We connected. And what else happened? I made a major move that I'm not going to disclose until the right date. Y'all stay tuned. This is something theatrical. And then, um, and then I went to my other job, my other job that I have decided today that I am now in my last days on. So that was my Monday. Now, before I start asking y'all about y'all's Mondays, um, this has been my, this is my first episode of ADQ's Renaissance in quite a while. I'm sorry, y'all. Sorry I've been keeping y'all hanging. Guess what's been going on in, in the world of ADQ? Before I tell y'all, get your alcohol, man. Best water ever. I call my Jesus water because it saves me. Um, I feel, you ever, get the, you ever get that feeling where God is like telling you that it's time to dial back from something and... And and, and 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 invest into something that you have already um, started. Make sense? Okay, here's what I'm talking about. Um, I have been thinking about giving up theater as far as acting is concerned. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Like the... Like the my seven-year-old self, my eight-year-old self, my 23-year-old self saying, no, don't do that, no. But if I may get on my uh, soapbox for a second, I've had to deal with these type of directors. No disrespect to anybody. But, you know, me being someone who has appeared in so many theatrical productions, 
I have a style that I can rock with. And I have a style that I cannot rock with. I hate when I am giving a line, I'm flowing, I'm talking, and then I'm stop interrupting, giving some long freaking monologue about what is the arc of the character. I hate that. I, mm, I hate that. Um, so imagine having to go through that after working um, after working 10 hours, right? You know, you are stopped, you're giving these, you're giving these notes, and you know, you're just trying to internalize it after, and your brain is already shot after a long day, right? So, uh, my last director of a play that I was supposed to be in, but I ended up quitting, was so disrespectful. So disrespectful. I said, I don't think I want to do this no more. And he was like, well, <laughs> if you don't want to do it no more, then you don't want to do you. <laughs> I was being a complete jackass. So, I stepped away. And this is where I, um, and this is where uh, my talk about Mondays comes into play. When have we ever took time to dial back from something that we've been doing over and over and over and over again to give ourselves time to get our mind right? You know what I'm saying? Yo, we got only one chance to do this life thing. We need to do it up the right way. We need to do it up in a way that satisfies us and our loved ones. I was smiling now because I was looking at my teeth. We need to do it in a way that satisfies ourselves and our loved ones. So why do we go into Mondays dissatisfied? Why do we go into Mondays dreading the sun coming up, us having to go and punch a clock? I will tell you, I will tell you, because we live in a very fear-based society. Yes, we do. Congratulations. You live, you who are watching, you live in a fear-based society. We live in a society where it is the popular thing to get along, to go along, to get along, to go with the flow, to do whatever I do, whatever I's doing. Very few step out and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing." Why are you so afraid to step out and do your own thing? I'm gonna tell you why you're so afraid to step out and do your own. Do your own thing. Same reason why I've been afraid to step out and do my own thing in the past. Fear. But what's the acronym of fear? Think about it. What is the acronym of fear? False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. So you have let that false evidence, imaginary, illusionary fear hinder your growth as a person and therefore you are in a subservient position that you never wanted to be in at the fir- in the first place. I let, I mean, let's, let, let's keep it 100. Keep it above. Let's keep it above. What does job stand for? What does job stand for? Just over broke. You meant to live life being just over broke? I don't think so. I think that it is a very, very, you know, sad, heartbreaking thing to live life just over broke. So let me tell you all. Man, let me, let me tap in the face real quick. Let's see what i Um... If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Please subscribe to my YouTube. Go to YouTube. Type. If you're watching this on Twitter or uh, Facebook, type in Adrian Dion Quarles on YouTube. Subscribe. I promise. Right now, there's old films that I was in, old acting videos, my one and only video. But in the coming months, there's some dope stuff. Believe me, believe me. Okay, as sure as I'm standing here, being as sure as I'm sitting here, 
being the chocolate god that I am, don't suffer it's coming in the coming months. Now, subscribe to my YouTube. So, just have to put that out there. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So we have so we have established that we live in a very fear-based society, and it's easier to go along to get along. One part, one reason why um, I am so excited to have Byron Gladden come through um, on Renaissance next Sunday is because he is totally not the go along to get along type. Absolutely not. Y'all have watched those GC, those Guilford County uh, Schools board meetings. Byron Gladden has shown that he's totally not the go along to get along type. From the time that I met that brother back in 2012. The way he approached the play that we were in, the way that he talked to the playwright afterwards, you know, trying to check her on her shadiness. The way that Byron's even talked to me. Yeah, that man's cussed me out playing times. <laughs> he is totally not the go alone to get along time. Byron Gladden, Bishop Dean, we know Bishop Dean. It's not the go alone to get along time. Why be a go alone to get along type? Because you know what you are? If you are the go alone to get along type, you are a zombie. You are a zombie. Just barely walking, half sleep, barely conscious, clocking in into your time clock to spend eight hours of your day doing something that you don't want to do. I spend 10 hours of my day doing something that I do want to do, son. I praise God for that. I spend 10, let me say that again. I spend 10 hours of my day doing something that I love doing. Feel me? 10 hours. Do I have a degree? No, I don't have a degree. You don't need a degree. All you need is the right energy and the right, right way to present yourself. Um, like, there have been moments when, you know, I would be in the mall, right? And dudes would try to approach me, trying to sell something, trying to sell me on a project. And they'd be like, hey, bro, hey, you know, hey, you need to check this out right here. You know, talking bad stuff. I'd be like, uh, and I would just give them one minute one minute to interest me one minute one minute after that one minute i'm like okay don't want it bye have a nice day what you're trying to do is you're trying to sell you're trying to see yourself feel me now the lady who did my hair for one thing she did her she did my hair for the first time this is her first time ever doing my hair right she sold herself beautifully she saw she showed me pictures of her work. And I was like, oh snap, yo, you got skills. Alright, hook me up. As you can see, she hooked me up big time. You know what I'm saying? All about selling yourself. You have we have to like come out of the what how am I trying how am I trying to put this? I'm getting text with you. Oh wow, she's got some interesting news. Okay, let me you. Aaron, show me love. Love you too, Sheila. Love you too. Love you too. My aunt Sheila. Love you too, Sheila. Love you, Aaron. Aaron Dirk. Woo! Woo! Let's talk about Aaron for just for a split second. Aaron, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I want to, you know, give you your flowers give you flowers as in you inspire me ma'am 
you very much inspire me. You are totally not to go alone and get alone tight. This this woman, who happens to be the same exact age as me, we're both 36, has two businesses. Two of them things. Two businesses. First Flight Entertainment, Spring Theater. Have you do you know the daggone do you know the there's a reason why I call Aaron Durth and Dan Beckman my favorite white people. Number one, those two people freaking inspire me very much. Very much. They don't sleep, man. They don't sleep. They can just sit back and rest and be like, all right, you know, we're actors. We perform all over We perform all over the world. We good. They can sit back and be like, hey, we got a dope theater company. We good. We good. Have y'all seen Letters from Home? Have you seen the two uh, social distance films that they dropped? I hope you at least saw seen the screens, cause your boy's in there killing it as a weapon man. See, first thing first, you start to change the image of yourself when you put yourself around people who are either at or going to the same place that you're start that you're trying to go to. But first, you have to make up in your mind that you're trying to go somewhere. Yo, I worked at Walmart. Hated it. Hated it. Hated every second that I was there. Heard so much complaining. Had to put up with incompetent people. Hated working at Walmart. Worked at Home Depot. Hated it. Worked at Kohl's. Hated it. Worked at Michael's. (laughs) I sound like a preacher right now. Worked at Michael's. Hated it. Worked at Baptist Hospital. Well, Baptist Hospital was all right. Baptist Hospital. Shout out to my two SB people. Baptist Hospital was all right. You know, ABQ, don't forget where it came from. I worked security before. Hated it. Uh, <laughs> went back to Walmart. Hated it. Worked at IHOP. Hated it. Worked in the dance room at UNCG. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Worked at some very poorly ran daycares when I was blessed to get into the childcare field. Hated it. But I had to remind myself of exactly where I came from. Worked at Whole Foods. Hated it. Worked at uh, Barnes Noble. Love But what am I getting at? I'm 36 years old, man. I did not stop and say to myself okay let me just leave Walmart because I'm freaking sick and tired of this I didn't stop my I didn't stop and leave until I was 28 I worked there from age 21 until 27 my bad 27 I think yeah I was 27 I worked there for so long because I was so afraid to move on because I let the fear complex overtake me. Not only that, but um, the pursuit of happiness had just can't had just dropped um, when I um, when I was working there, and I was afraid of one day being homeless like Chris Gardner, and I ended up being homeless. Yeah, but praise be the God, just had a roof on my. So where where am I going with all this? Let's connect the dots. You have to put your faith and trust in God. I mean, yo, if you're out there and you're atheist and agnostic, yo, you put your trust and faith in something. So I say, why not go with the why not go with the Creator? Do you, man? Oh, hold up. Let let me let me go to my Bible. Yeah, I'm pulling out the Bible. Yeah, uh, two. Let's see. Man, this Ecclesiastes. I freak. I love Ecclesiastes. Where is Ecclesiastes? Is right after Proverbs. Um, yeah, uh, I knew I was gonna pull out my Bible at one point. Um, no, actually, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Let's see. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Trying to find the part where it talks about toiling under the sun. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 
2, verse 18 through um, 20 through 26. All right, y'all ready for it? Here it goes. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must lead to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. Ha, ha, ha. You know, your boy, your boy, your boy. But then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who has work for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all of their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor, their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Sorry about that. Yeah, I got to work up there. Anyway. In this life, for all the things that the days of labor are filled with people. Even their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. So I decided to better to enjoy food and drink and find satisfaction in work. What I do for a living is very satisfactory. Very satisfactory. Now I realize that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? You're miserable. Are you with God? God does not grant any misery. God grants joy. The joy of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. No, I fear of the Lord is with this. My bad. I can't hear it in the Bible. Let's see. For who can eat? Uh, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So why are we doing, why are we walking into these places, giving all of our time and our energy and all of the years of our lives? It is meaningless. So my mindset is we have one life to live unless reincarnation is a thing. Reincarnation is the thing Then we got this life and we got the life. But while we're on this earth, let's do it up, man. Why are we like working? There's people, I know that there's people out there who eat this mindset. I will find my pleasure in heaven. You mean to tell me that you can have your head? I'm sorry, that's kind of stupid. That's me. Now, I'm trying to get my 30 and this. Yo, I'm living in here. Um, I got a roof on my head. If you ever come across me and I say I'm living the dream, 
That's because I am living the dream. I have sight. Praise God. I have sight. How many blind people out there of city? I hear. Yo, I feel like I'm scared of hearing. But I can hear. How many deaf people out there dream of hearing? I can walk, yo. Praise God. How many? How many? quadriplegic people out there dream of walking I have two jobs man how many people out there have been you ain't working one day at least in, at least doing something to bring some joy ADQ double blast up in I am living the dream. Not the American dream, but the God dream. It's a God dream. It's a God dream. So, I highly suggest you all do us as Colossians to focus your mind on things that are above and thus do what it says in the law of attraction. If you think like a failure, if you think full of fear, if you think that you're not going to amount to anything, guess what? It's going to happen. Every single thing that's out here that is great and wonderful all started with a thought. Hamilton is about to come to Greensboro and make a lot of money because you have to because you have to mortgage your house to afford tickets to Hamilton. It all started with thought. Lemonwell man, Lemonwell Miranda. It all started with thought. And he did something with that thought. And look where it is now. Me, I'm a teacher, man. That all started with thought. I never looked. I never thought about being a teacher. But that going, I sure used to think about being a preacher. And, you know, preaching is teaching. You're teaching the word, right? Um, I'm going to get a long person. I need rage. I'm going to do this. That man was an instant. himself. Like, Malcolm X that we all know that we know that incredibly beautiful ancestor had a great education I want to implore you on this Monday to break the mold go up against the system don't follow ways of the world. Don't follow the ways of society. I promise you. Right now, the way my heart is going, my heart is telling me to invest more time into a spoken word. I'm currently I'm looking for a couple of play. Uh, I'm looking for a couple of poems that I wrote. Check this out. Yeah, I'm gonna read a couple of poems that I wrote for y'all. <laughs> Love yourself. Dare you, the person reading this. This for both of us. Sit back and breathe a bit. My insecurities make it hard to celebrate what my achievements is. But that negativity is the devil, please resist. My fingers lift to do both things. I'll tell you what the secret is. See, see, I see where I've been and where I want to be. Myself to believe in it. Then started loving me. Called it a lie when someone would call me an ugly me. God makes no mistakes. When he made us, he made us for a mission. We have an assignment on our lives every second that we're living. Someone somewhere is blessed by our existence. Didn't even know how we just up and fixed it. You're incredible and so am I. Let's, let's pray. 
that, that that'll be something I won't deny. Open eyes and look at your reflection. The greatest person in this world will walk this earth made a dope investment. So love yourself. Many others do already. This to reader. This to the reader and myself. Worthy of balloons and confetti. Here's another one. Alright. This is called Cancel Me. I disagree with cancel culture. Not only that, but I hate it. I mean, who actually did create it, make it? It's filling society with, with judgmental jerks. It doesn't allow the grace of God to work. Cancel me because I believe that's a judgmental BS that has you on your soapbox. You throw rocks at things you know not when you're not perfect yourself. Old skeletons, you're going to rock. Everyone has done something they regret, but it's not up to you to put me in check. That's God's job. Show some respect. When you talk to me, best come correct. What are y'all achieving again? There's people that want me to apologize for being a man. Not happening as I breathe on this land. If you don't like it, then cancel me. Outcast me. But may I say, your morals are trash, B. Talk with people. Communicate. Instead of spazzing. Fair warning. I come from bad rap. If you wish to attack me, I get real berserk. You get your feelings hurt. Let's all chill and work with people in spite of their imperfections. Because if we're all honest, we all need God's grace and mercy to step in. Hold me accountable, but don't use it as a weapon. Y'all like that? Y'all like that? All right, I got one more for y'all. Then I'm going to start wrapping this up, all right? I told myself. See, I'm a believer of the things... I believe, I'm a believer of the things we say to ourselves in private could really be needing a message from his ultimate highness, sitting in silence, pondering, what is this life thing? Am I doing the right, am I doing the right things? I told myself not to stop, flop, or drop. No one motivates me more than me because it's my, because it's the higher inflection that I seek to be. I'm, I'm talking to a higher version of myself that I wish to attain through the pain and then maintain. Am I going insane or having a chat with a divine intellectual who doesn't react? Just let me sit back and plan the bliss. All, thing, all thoughts and affirmations manifest. I love talking to myself and demand my steps. I say. saying all that, I hope y'all out there snapping your fingers. Let me see what's going on up here. Otis, my brother Otis, what's cracking, my man? Thank you, Otis. Sure, you would know something about some good art. You would know something about some good art, Otis. Yeah, that's my brother, Otis, man. Otis Simpson, man. So, yo, I'm about to start. Wrap, I'm about to wrap this up because I don't like talking for a long time. Um, please, Adrian Dion Quarles on YouTube. Subscribe, please subscribe. Um, December third, check out Black Tony. December third, check out Black Tony. Wonderfully written by Ron, Ronald Lavender, R.L. the Gifted One. You know, I know y'all saw the picture. Saw your boy Bean Mug, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so please check it out, see what it's all about. Y'all gonna love it. I'm just, that's all I'm gonna say. You're gonna love it. I promise you. I promise you, you're gonna love it. Um, Go fund me, please. Go, go fund me and help fund. Uh, this other film that I'm in called Street Logic. Street Logic written by Renaissance Jones and Ty Hart, Ty Dur Darden. Ty Darden. Yo. Yo. Street Logic. Man, just picture me in something called Street Logic, yo. If nothing else tells you to fund that, uh, you know, 
you know, to uh, throw some coins that way. That's it right there. So, you know, street logic. Look out for that. Also, just, man, just watch me. Just watch me move, man. Just watch me move. I, uh, but... My self-image, my self-image about myself is just too great for me to subject myself to very volatile situations. And once we get off, and once we all get like that, man, we will quit hating Mondays because we are just living in God's grace and glory and just waiting and just waiting for it to lead us to more glory. I mean, if nothing else, man, if nothing else, if nothing else. Let me sign off by telling y'all this, okay? I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11 years old. I'm a teacher. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11 years old. Not only that, but I dropped out of high school when I was 18 years old. And now I work in the school system as a teacher assistant. When I moved to... Uh, Winston-Salem in 2007, I was tall, teed up, low cut, uh, 270 pounds. I mean, you know, I ain't no sticky in there. Mm, yeah, that just happened. Um, hats, headbands, chains and stuff. But, you know, look at me now. Yeah, now it's not necessarily your destiny your now may be may be could be a pit stop uh, a step up to your destiny just all just know that you have a destiny feel me when I was at Walmart I used to listen to people complain all of the time and I walked through Walmart like two years ago and most of the people who I heard complaining so much all the time are still there. I have not worked at Walmart in six years. Glory be to God. Life is too short to work at a job that you hate. Invest in you. Trust God. Invest in you. I'm ADQ Sunday. I will be chopping it up with my brother, Byron Gladden. I want to talk to this man. I want y'all to hear me and see me talk to this man. I want to talk to this man about the play that we're in. We're not going to call, we're not going to say the name of it. But I want to talk to this man about the play that we were in. I want to talk to this man about Bishop Dean. I want to talk to this man about all the crap, about all the junk he be talking when we... When I see him, I want to talk to this man about what made him go into the politicals, political realm and into the school board. I want to talk to this man about all that. And I hope you all will tune in. I am ADQ. This is ADQ's Renaissance. This is, and this is the best water I've ever drunk in my, drunk in my entire life. Y'all want some? Hit up heavyenergyuniversity.com. Heavyenergyuniversity.com. It's ADQ's Renaissance. Thank y'all for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace. This is The Negro Speaks of Rivers. One of my earliest poems written in 1920, just after I came out of high school. The way this poem came to be written was that I was going to Mexico to visit my father who lived in Mexico City and on the train going across the Mississippi River just outside St. Louis, I looked out the window and I saw this great muddy river flowing down toward the heart of the south and I began to think about what this river meant to the Negro people, how in a sense our history was linked to this river. How in slavery time, my grandmother told me that to be sold down the Mississippi was one of the worst things that could happen to a Negro slave. And then uh, 
I remembered that I'd read about Abraham Lincoln going down the Mississippi as a young man, and he went on a raft to New Orleans, and he saw human beings bought and sold in the slave market there, and he was so horrified by this that he never forgot it. And many years later, of course, we know that it was Lincoln who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And so, uh, as the train went on into the gathering dusk, because... It had been about sunset when we crossed the river. I took my father's letter out of my pocket and began to write down on the back of his letter this poem, The Negro Speaks of Rivers. I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood in human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo, and it lulled me to sleep. I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans, and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusky rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. Wheresoever you go throughout the world, the black man is discarded, is ostracized, is relegated to the lowest in things, social, political, and economical. This therefore suggests a problem and one that must be solved. We in this section of the world are not entirely free from this unkind, unsympathetic, and uncharitable behavior of the groups or races around us. But since man has been placed on his own responsibility, whether he be black, white, or yellow, he must act on his own account. We will not unduly whine or complain, but reason among ourselves and see what can be done to remedy this state of affairs. Life is a conflict. You have to fight your way through it, whether you will it or not. Those of us who are able to fight most stubbornly live, accomplish most, and to them go the laurels, the palms, and triumph of our civilization and world. We unfortunately have not been trained or educated in the truths of life, paradoxically so. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life? so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours. Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Man should understand himself because man is full of knowledge, and this knowledge is a gift of nature. When Mother Nature created man, she deprived him of nothing. He was given the faculty of understanding all things around him. And this faculty for understanding has not been taken away from him. None of his senses have been taken away from him. So there is no excuse for the black man in lacking the knowledge that man is used to beautify the world and produce all that he needs for his happiness and civilization. Look the world over and whatever you see in it that is pleasing to man, contributing to man's comfort, to his needs and to his satisfaction, it is but the work of man. Man blessed with the knowledge of himself and the understanding of all things around him. If you are able to live with the knowledge of yourself and with the greater knowledge of nature, you must know what is good and what is not. You must know what is finite. You must know that which is material, physical and otherwise is at your disposal to create or otherwise use. If we leave America and go over to the east to Japan, they will be telling their fellow citizens of Japan of the wonderful accomplishments of the Japanese people proving that man is moving onward as time moves on. But you, you have hated yourselves as you have done in previous years. You have shown malice, prejudice and hate to each other. And the result is that while other races have made progress, while India has made progress towards nationalism, while Ireland has made progress towards republicanism, while the whole world has made progress in man's accomplishments, you still stand fighting yourselves, dishonoring yourselves, showing no disposition toward that higher life so that you will be abundantly blessed. So reflect and think that you were created for some purpose other than exhibiting malice toward your neighbor or fellow men of your own race. What a pity it is that we cannot stand united without the written law. There is no written law compelling other races to stand together. They are brought together by the gentle touch of nature. The unwritten law of nature causes them to stand together on all occasions. So wheresoever you find them in the field, that one gentle touch of nature causes them to stand together, if need be, die together. But with the black man, you can preach to him from the pulpits. You lecture from the platforms, from the byways and the hedges. The spirit of cooperation, but he will not cooperate. You talk to him gently, you try talking harshly to him, he still will not cooperate. 
The result is that he falls prey to those who understand themselves and walk through the world making you their serfs and slaves. We must acquire the higher knowledge of life. Black men and black women, will you get the knowledge that the white man has that causes him to be leaders and masters in the world? They are not gods with a peculiar source for understanding the world around them. They have only given expression to the knowledge of their humanity and been able to use and conquer all to their satisfaction and glory. And that is why they are always greater than you in every community that you find them. Isn't it strange that wheresoever the white man is found, he takes precedence over you? Why is that so? Answer that for yourselves, black men and black women. Wheresoever you come in contact with the white man, you always have to go down in defeat before him. Whether it be in England, in France or in America, you always have to go down to the white man. And yet he has two eyes, two feet, two hands, same passions, same senses and feelings as you have. Your feet are not put on opposite sides, now your hands turned around the other way. But it's because you fail to use your will, your knowledge and your mental faculty to the point where you will enjoy life around you. It is against us as an African people. It's not because of color. It's because of our condition. If we must have justice, we must be strong. If we must be strong, we must come together. If we must come together, we can only do so through the system of organization. point is is that tell yourself good things build yourself up you know right right okay y'all ain't, ain't feeling me it's so cool though all right so next to the stage y'all already say um ice cream, ice cream. i knew y'all said that shit. anyway if you wasn't ready you say ice cream um <laughs> next to the stage y'all make some noise for my main man the main man the main man coming to the stage next here inside the poetry cafe come on that was better now give some energy poetry cafe I'm not a big mic person, but uh, do I have to use it for the TV and all that? Hell yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't like to use the mic, but all right. Since I'm on TV, I just want to say, Mama, I made it. Word. <laughs> Word up. Uh, I am your unfriendly neighborhood main man. I am a poet, and I'm going to do a piece today entitled The Lion King. My nephew's favorite movie is The Lion King. So I took him to the zoo because on display there is an African lion born in captivity. It was beautiful and majestic. And when it let out a mighty roar, it demanded respect. Even a half a third world away uprooted from its Saharan grassland home and slave shipped to these American soils to be repotted. I wondered if it would be renamed. Would it become an Afro-American lion? The overseer, I mean zookeeper, told my nephew that his birth name was actually Carabo. Which means gift from God in Eastern Africa. But here, below the Mason-Dixon line, everyone just called it Bo. For short, as if God's gift wasn't good enough or Negro was already taken, I wondered if it even had a last name. One that could be traced back to its saber-toothed ancestors. However, National Geographic proves that it ain't where you're from. It's where the plantation is at. That's what determines your surname, sir, the corporate master that, that, that owns it, that trapped it in the most unnatural of habitats and fed its scraps. I wondered if it even knew how to hunt. Could it provide for its family or did it not have enough pride in its tribe? You see, when you separate cub from kinfolk, it becomes dependent, domesticated, like a pet. Oh, how privileged one must be when house cat becomes too boring. So Akuna Matata that you have to start Willie Lynch and Big Game right before posing for those pictures like the ones they sell in the gift shop. You would think that such a thing couldn't happen in this society because that would be inhumane. 
And God forbid some red-blooded American, five-fifths of a human being, accidentally, on purpose, jumps over that fence without any type of self-defense. And that wild animal has to show just how fierce it can be. The, the lion tamers would have to whip it back into submission before it realized its own strength. You see, that's what they got to do. To keep the king of the jungle in a cage, break its spirit by taking away everything that it believes in, straighten its nappy mane to make it more mountain lion, teach it proper etiquette by putting more posture in its prowl, more purr in its growl to try to make it look more pretty, sitting lazily up in a big house licking its wounds, scarring its brother with jealousy until it becomes a backstabber, the opposite of its brother's keeper, which is what divides the village, like the middle passage. You see, you can take the lion out of Africa, but can you ever really take Africa out of anything? Stop lying to yourself, King. Can you ever really take Africa out of anything? I see what you did there. Stop lying to yourself, Abel. Don't move. We're right back with more Poetry Cafe. You are at the, 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 the Poetry Cafe. The Poetry Cafe on WMYV every Sunday at 11.30 p.m. Live 
Life is really good, yo. Life is really good, yo. Life is such a blessing. Life is life is life is really good, yo. Life is really good, yo. Life is such a blessing. Life is life is life life is really good, yo. Life is really good, yo. Life is such a blessing. Life is life is life life is really good, yo. Life is really good, yo. Life is such a blessing.